What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, your daily podcast covering the New York Yankees. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're a new listener to the show, hello and welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host, Stacey Gasulius, and I write for Baseball Prospectus. You can follow me on Twitter at the Locked On Yankees account or at my personal account, Stay Scots. You can listen to and subscribe to Locked on Yankees on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, and pretty much every podcast platform available. You can also listen to the show directly on our website, LockedOnYankees.com. And finally, you can play Locked on Yankees on your smart device by saying, play podcast Locked on Yankees. As always, you can email questions or comments to LockedOnNYY at gmail.com. So let's get right into it. The Yankees played a game today against the Pirates at Steinbrenner Field. They won 8-6. Jay Happ struggled a bit. He gave up three runs in one and one-third innings of work. He also gave up two home runs, which isn't ideal. But it was his first start of the spring. Again, like I said yesterday, this is when you get all your kinks out. So I'm not really worried about that. Troy Tulowitzki hit another home run. This time it was a three-run shot. Greg Bird hit two doubles, so he's, you know, continuing his hot his his hot spring training start. Not that that really means anything, but again, you know, it's good that he's not hurt yet. Tyler Wade hit a home run. He also drew a walk. Brett Gardner, I believe this was his first game because the other one got rained out the other day. That was the game that he was supposed to play. And Gardner got a walk. I don't believe he got a hit. Let me just double check on that. Nope. So he was 0 for 1 with a walk. Judge was 1 for 3. With a strikeout, he left four on base. I think he struck out with the bases loaded, if I'm not mistaken. I saw a tweet say that. Tyler Wade finished two for two. So it was Hap, Tarpley, Adovino, Britton, Cortez, Holder, and Rosa who pitched. Adovino struggled a bit. He pitched an inning. He gave up two runs on two hits. He had a walk and a strikeout. Cortez pitched one and two thirds. He gave up two hits, walked two, struck out four. So it was a relatively successful day for the Yankees. Again, as long as no one gets hurt, who cares about how many home runs people give up? You know, it's still February for the next seven hours or so. I would like to bring up the fact that I'm annoyed that today's game wasn't on TV and we don't have any video to look at. I want to see Tulo's home run. I want to see Wade's home run. I want to see Greg Bird's two doubles. It's 2019. I should be able to watch these games. I don't understand why I'm not. I mean, I guess I do because it's spring training and games don't count, but we sat through what felt like a really long offseason, and to get to this point now where we've only been able to watch a few games is frustrating. So I just wish more was on TV. I also wish that MLB.TV wasn't so damn expensive because it's expensive. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to lie. I don't have the money for that stuff. So, you know, I usually ask friends for their passwords so I can watch. You know, when I was doing the What You Need to Know column for Baseball Prospectus, I had to keep track of games. And the first season I started doing it, I only did one night. Last season, I put the Sunday night recap up, so I had to recap Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I had to pay attention to what was going on, and the only way to really do that was to have MLB.TV in order to see everything. That column won't be published this season, so I won't have as much 
of a need for MLB TV, though I would really like to have it. It is kind of cool watching four games at a time and then being able to switch, you know, because sometimes there's as many as six, seven, eight games on at the same time, which is fun to try and keep track of. There was a sim game Thursday morning. Aroldis Chapman was pitching. Luis Severino was pitching. Giancarlo Stanton was hitting. Chapman said that he feels ready to pitch in a game and that his left knee is healthy. He modified his program over the winter. As you recall, he spent four weeks on the disabled list last season with tendonitis in that left knee, and he returned to the team September 20th. He said that he took a a little extra time off during the winter, and he also focused on rehabbing the knee and made sure they did all the programs that he needed to do and get back to being 100% and stronger. I had tendonitis in my right knee when I was 20, and oh, it was the worst pain I've ever had. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. And my knee blew up to like twice its size. It was horrendous. And I wasn't even an athlete at that point anymore. You know, I played lacrosse in high school, but I didn't really do anything in college. So it was like kind of a fluke thing that I got the tendonitis. But wow, was that painful. That was such a strange pain to feel. Because I've broken bones since, and the tendonitis was actually worse than when I broke my ankle. So, yeah, it's not fun having tendonitis. So, Larry Rothschild was calling balls and strikes. Uh, Seve struck out Stanton twice looking. And Chapman struck him out swinging. Gary Sanchez also participated, which is a big thing because... They are aiming for tomorrow, possibly, as his return to actual game action. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, he'll be okay. It'll be tomorrow night. The Yankees are hosting the Orioles, and it's a 6.35 p.m. start at Steinbrenner Field. Paxton will make his second start of the spring. And in other really good Yankee news, Danny Farquhar will be returning to the mound on Saturday. Now, as you recall, Farquhar nearly died from a brain hemorrhage 10 months ago, and he pitched his second simulated game yesterday, and he said he had a good day, and he said he felt like his changeup was excellent, that his fastball was good, and his curveball was okay. He said he's very excited, and he's ready for a real game. Like I've said a few podcasts ago, I am so excited for him, and I hope everything works out for him, and that he stays healthy, because, my goodness, he really could have died. So, just, this is your feel-good story of the spring. Up next, what could be a feel-good story for the city of Philadelphia, Bryce Harper finally signs a contract. We'll get into that next, but first... So the news came over the wire, otherwise known as Twitter. The first person to say anything was John Heyman. All he said was Bryce to the Phillies, and everyone exploded on Twitter. He didn't break the internet, but it was close. And then the terms started coming out. Uh, First thing that came out was that it was $330 million. Second thing that came out was that it was for 13 years with no opt-outs, which is kind of insane, but you know. And then everyone on Twitter was joking about how old they're going to be by the time Harper's contract ends. I will be 58. (laughs) That's really old. Anyway, good for Bryce Harper. I mean, it's about damn time. And it was funny because I saw 
one of my fellow baseball writers joke about how late it was and that there's never been a big signing in March. So as the day was going on, you know, you're thinking in the back of your head, wow, is is it really going to be March when Bryce Harper gets signed by a team? And very close, down to the wire. So that happened today. Just when you think about 13 years, signing something for 13 years, that seems insane. That contract will be able to have a bar mitzvah. (laughs) Just 13 years is, you know, remember how insane it was when guys were signing 10-year deals and you're like, wow, you're never going to see anything higher than that in baseball because baseball is in hockey and, you know, guys aren't signing these things at 20 years old. And then here comes Bryce Harper at 26 signing his 13-year contract, which would make him younger than what A-Rod was when his contract ended, right? Or when his contract was scheduled to end. So yeah, baseball is fun. So while I'm excited that that's finally done, you know, there are a few guys who still need to be signed, namely Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell. It's so strange that these guys haven't been signed. And Kimbrell was saying wacky things like he would sit out the whole year if he doesn't get what he wants. And it's like, dude, you're not that young. You don't want to skip a year when you're, I think he's in his 30, age 31 season. That would be silly. And I think he said it as a threat, but no teams are balking. They're not going to be like, oh, oh, now we have to sign him because he said he's going to sit out. They don't give a crap. And no offense to Kimbrell, but threatening to sit out your age 31 season is silly because, you know, you're not improving. You're not, you're still kind of in your prime, but you know, you're on the wrong side of 30. So to give up that year would just be silly. Another dude entering his age 31 season and still unsigned is Dallas Keuchel. I don't know what's going on there. I don't think he was being too demanding. I think he was a little pissed off. He, I think he tweeted something about the fact that, you know, he's won the World Series. He's done all this stuff, and yet no one wants to sign him. And, you know, now that the offseason is over and you're seeing the way certain guys are signing to these little dinky one- or two-year deals... Um, guys like Matt Weeders getting minor league deals. Not that Weeders is great, but still, it's kind of strange that he got a minor league deal. Um, who was the other one that got a minor league deal where everyone was like, why is he getting a minor league deal? Um, Francisco Liriano said that he had gotten like four offers on the same day with the same kind of terms from four different teams, which that's not fishy. Okay, baseball, you keep doing your stuff that you're doing and... Like I said yesterday, with all of the stuff that they're trying to propose, you're going to see your work stoppage in a few years. And speaking of the stuff that I spoke about yesterday, Dellen Batansis brought up a really good point with regards to the three batter minimum in that there are times when you're facing a guy and he will foul off nine, ten pitches. And if you're on a pitch count and you have like one or two guys who are just, you know, fouling you off and doing all this stuff and you're you within two batters you're up to 25 pitches and then you're gonna have to stay out there for another batter that's ridiculous I will say this I have not seen as many people outraged as outraged as I am about the whole limiting position players pitching proposal I'm shocked because you know as you all know I'm on Twitter all the time And when a position player pitches, a lot of us jokingly will tweet out like an alert that a position player is pitching because everyone wants to see it happen. And I'm not seeing as much outrage about that. 
So what's up? What's going on with that? Tweet at me and let me know what you think about that whole issue that's come up. I think it's ridiculous. I don't think they should limit that. I think they should allow that. Stop trying to change the game of baseball so much. Damn it. Just a quick reminder before I sign off for the day about my fundraiser for the podcast. It's on gogetfunding.com slash helpmefundmypodcast with dashes between help me fund my podcast. Essentially, I am raising money to make this podcast better. I am currently sitting here without headphones on and without a microphone, shouting into my computer, and then when I go into Audacity to edit, I amplify everything. So if the sound sounds funny, that is why. I also am in a room with a high ceiling, so my voice might be echoing everywhere. It's just a mess this week. So anyway, I'm raising money for equipment. I would like a high-quality mic. I would possibly like a, an equalizer. I would like to be able to afford good editing software because I would like to make this podcast the type of podcast that someone wants to listen to every single day. And that is my goal. So go to the website, gogetfunding.com. Look up my fundraiser. Help me fund my podcast. And I have rewards set up. You might have a chance to appear with me on the podcast, but I don't expect people to donate in that tier because it's kind of expensive. $5 would be great. Even a dollar. If you're, if you're allowed to donate a dollar, I would take a dollar. Any little bit would help because I really, like I said, I want to make this podcast good for y'all. I want you all to want to listen to it. I want to make it crisp. I want to make it good. So there you go. So that's it for today's episode of Locked On Yankees, which is brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I have been your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. You can follow me on Twitter at the Locked On Yankees account, or you can follow me at my personal account, Stace Gotts. Once again, you can email questions or comments to LockedOnNYY at gmail.com. Once again, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. You can listen to it on Podbean, Player FM, and every podcasting platform available. If you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. I would really appreciate it. And enjoy your Thursday night, everyone.